Hello everyone and welcome to Rural Spark. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. This week we're taking a look at the power of small business in small town Canada and how an enterprise can look beyond the bottom line to help build a better community and even a better world. Our case in point is Cowbell Brewing in Blythe, Ontario. There are thousands of breweries in North America today, but Cowbell is on track to be the first one that's carbon neutral. Opened in 2017, Cowbell is also making a big difference in giving back to its community and to a variety of communities across Ontario where its beer is sold. So we wanted to know why the brewery made such ambitious commitments and how it's making good on them, while also continuing to grow. And we wanted to know how this all fits into the business's success. So we're pleased to have with us today Grant Sparling, Cowbell's Chief Development Officer, to share the story. Hello, Grant, and welcome to Rural Spark. Thanks for having me on here. It's a pleasure. So first of all, let's, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Cowbell Brewing and how it came to be? Yeah, Cowbell Brewing is a destination brewing facility in Blythe, Ontario. And really, the, the journey began for my family about 10 years ago. And uh, we were in the propane industry before, so it's quite a transition into craft beer. But we, we sold the propane business, Sparling's Propane, about five, six years ago. Uh, but I'm now the third generation to live and work in Blythe. And our family remained committed to the village. We all live here. Uh, we've all worked here. Um, so when it came time to look for our, our next venture and our next opportunity, it made sense for us to stay in Blythe, where our family's been since just after World War II. And the initial conversation about a brewery began as a small brew pub. We were going to take an existing building on the main street, renovate it, but it would have been a much different operation than where we are now. Mm -hmm. uh, there would have been no distribution, no LCBO relationship. Uh, it would have been a, a very small hometown brew pub kind of feel. And that was inspired by the Blythe Festival been in operation for over four decades here. They're the only uh, only theatre company in Canada to exclusively produce and premiere Canadian content. And that's really been a difference maker for Blythe. But they can attract anywhere from 20 to 35,000 people a year uh, every summer. So we were looking for a way to create a, a destination for uh, for those tourists to have a bite to eat and a beverage before or after the show. And then we began looking at other breweries, what we wanted to be like, what our ambitions were. And we started saying that the world doesn't need another beer. It doesn't need another brewery. North America now has over 7,000 breweries. So if we were going to do this, it needed to be unique and different and special. And the most important word that we began using was authentic. And uh, the authenticity of, of our brand and our story really revolves around Blythe and the story of Blythe. We wanted the brand to reflect the community, our county, the agricultural roots. So we ended up abandoning the, the concept of a brew pub on the main street and moved, the, moved the, the vision to a farm that's been in our family for about 50 years right at the edge of town. And uh, back in the 70s and 80s, there were black Angus on the farm. We have some pictures of the, the cows out in the pasture. Um, so that inspired the name Cowbell. And really, the, the vision grew from there. Uh, we started looking into historical architecture, uh, farm architecture in Huron County, and discovered that old timber frame barns were common 100 years ago. Um, so that's the, the type of structure that we built. Uh, we're surrounded by some of the most agriculturally productive land in Canada. Uh, so we decided to include a, a restaurant in our operation. So we have about 300 seats in our restaurant, including event space 
and over 75% of the food that we source for the restaurant comes from within our own county. So we've tried to include the, the community and include our, our own history in everything that we've done. So starting with the green space really gave you the opportunity to build a destination. So instead of going to Main Street, which of course works for lots of businesses, but you folks found that going on the farmland and creating this um, you know, a unique experience, custom designed, really allowed you to be a destination which people are willing to you know, drive outside the community for. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, uh, we look to a couple of breweries in the United States that have been around for 20 or 30 years, and they're now reinvesting in new equipment, new technology, highly efficient facilities, but most importantly, experiential facilities. Um, so when we uh, moved the vision out to the farm and had the opportunity to develop something new and different and really make it our own, uh, we cherry-picked some ideas from around the United States from breweries that have done this before about how to build a destination. Mm. And in our first two years, we've averaged 150,000 guests per year in a wow. town of 1,000 people. Wow. Um, so it's, it's far exceeded our expectations, but we're, we're thrilled to be able to offer a, a destination that hundreds of thousands of people are willing to travel to. Terrific. And, you know, most, as we all know, most new businesses are very focused on the bottom line, but you folks at Cowbell, and this is why we want to talk to you today, you also have an ambitious goal on the environmental side. So tell us about efforts for Cowbell to become the first carbon neutral brewery in North America. Yeah, we, we really see environmental and social commitments to be integral to the success of business and our business in particular. Consumers have more choice now than ever before. And we know that craft beer drinkers are typically very socially conscious. They care about where their beer is made and why it matters and what the company, uh, what the company supports and why. And uh, for us, the, the why really began with my grandparents. Uh, both of them moved to moved to the community individually. Uh, they met here, decided to put down roots, and they felt that the community embraced them, supported them, um, and especially my grandpa when he opened his first business here in 1950. Grandpa and, and my grandmother spent the rest of their lives repaying that kindness. They were involved in the community, the Blythe Festival, their church. Uh, grandpa was the, the fire chief at the, the volunteer department for many years. And uh, it was all, they always felt it was their duty to repay that to the community. So when it was time for us to, uh, to develop our, our business plan and determine who we wanted to be and, and, and why it mattered, a lot of that was inspired by my grandparents. So the commitment for sustainability and the environmental sustainability uh, really has roots in my grandparents. And they felt that uh, they needed to, to give back to the community and felt accountable to the community. And we've really uh, taken that accountability to the environment as well. Uh, so we built on a, on a farm. Uh, farmers are really the, the true stewards of the land. If they don't take care of the land, they don't have a crop and they don't make a living. So it was important for us to, uh, to tie into that history and uh, the history of my grandparents. Uh, and from an environmental perspective, it, uh, it made sense for us to have really a twofold approach to carbon reduction and then sequestration on the back end. So being a greenfield build, we were very conscious of sustainability from day one and it gave us the opportunity to reduce our emissions and specify equipment that would reduce emissions and energy consumption right from the get-go. But ultimately, brewing and any other business requires energy. So then we looked to offset the remainder of that carbon that we emitted on the back end. So over the last 10 years, we've worked with the local conservation authority here in Maitland Valley, 
and we've reforested over 20 acres of our farm with over 17,000 native trees and pollinators. So the trees provide uh, carbon sequestration capacity and we're still working through the calculations there, but based on our preliminary numbers, we believe it'll be more than enough to offset the carbon generated by this facility. And I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with some folks that run a, an environmental engineering firm that have done some significant work in carbon data and managing all of those numbers. So they would actually be the ones to come in, assess the data as a third party and provide that verification for us. So that's a process we're excited to get rolling on very soon and hopefully we'll have a, a big announcement to make. Excellent. So the team feels and you feel now that you're well positioned, that those numbers are probably going to show that you are indeed the first carbon neutral brewery in North America? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. That's, uh, that's our intent. And ultimately, if it comes back and we're, we're not quite there, uh, we're very ambitious about achieving that objective. And uh, well, we'll see what we need to do to become even more efficient. And a quick shout out now to our sponsor, ExploreNet. Sometimes it seems like rural Canadians get forgotten when we see big developments in technology like 5G internet. But what's different with ExploreNet is that they focus only on providing internet services in rural areas. And they're going to bring the latest 5G-ready technology to rural Canada even before the cities get it. ExploreNet keeps almost 1 million rural Canadians connected to what matters most. And they've been a champion for rural Canada for more than 15 years. Learn more at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. Yes, terrific. Something else that makes Cowbell stand out is your commitment to giving back to the local community. And I understand that's happened from starting from day one, and it's not just Blythe that you're giving back to. So tell us a little bit about how that works and why it's a priority for you folks. Yeah, so from day one, we began what we call the Greener Pastures Community Fund. And through that fund, we donate five cents from the sale of every can and pint sold across the province to the four children's hospitals in Ontario. So from that very first can of Absent Landlord in May of 2016, we've maintained these relationships. And where possible, we identify specific projects within each hospital. Um, so that way, our team and our customers can see the impact and know that we're making a difference uh, in a very specific way. And also in a way that, uh, that allows these hospitals to address needs within their facilities. And I remember early on when we were beginning this relationship, we were at a tour at McMaster Children's Hospital. And we went into the, the children's oncology department. And there were maybe three or four of us from Cowbell there at the time. And we were absolutely speechless. Uh, the blood just drained out of our faces. It was so impactful seeing the work at these hospitals and, uh, and some of the ages of the, the children in there and really the needs of those hospitals to be able to provide care to such a wide range of, of children all the way from newborns to, uh, to 18, 19 years old and the variety of equipment and, and how little of that is funded by government health care and they have to raise that money independently. Uh, so it was incredibly impactful for our team to witness that firsthand see the need and understand where the money is going. My own family has required the, the services provided by these hospitals. We know that uh, other members of our team have required services provided by these hospitals. So it's something that carries significant meaning for us. And um, we hope that it, it resonates with craft beer drinkers as well. And to date, we've donated over $360,000 through Greener Pastures. So we're very proud of that commitment and uh, look forward to, to growing that commitment as our business grows. 
It's impressive for sure. And, and let's talk a little bit more about the team. What do these kinds of commitments, that giving back to the community in the hospitals and the commitment to environmental stewardship, how do you find it motivates or helps with recruitment or, or, or helps with productivity? How does it impact your team? We certainly think it has an impact. Uh, one of the one of the challenges that we've heard all across uh, small town and rural Ontario is the challenge for a business to attract and retain staff. Mm-hmm. And we're certainly fortunate to be able to recruit and hire a variety of positions, everything from food and beverage operations to highly technical uh, brewing and production skills. And we know that other businesses and counties have specific strategies to attract and retain people. Ultimately, we don't have a strategy. We simply maintain a a variety of community-focused commitments, which we believe makes Cowbell a more attractive place to work. Of course, compensation and benefits and the work environment matter. But we know that our team appreciates these commitments and are proud to be part of a culture that gives back and considers the community uh, and the environment when when making these decisions. So absolutely, it, it has an impact. And some entrepreneurs might think that environmental stewardship and philanthropy and different community support efforts, those might be more luxuries to get serious about once you start generating a healthy profit. But you folks did it long before you had any profit. You did it with, as you say, that first can of beer. Why do you think maybe doing it from day one is not only possible, but so it should be something that the business community is more looking looking at, startups may be looking at, that this is something to be part of their plan from day one. Yeah, the most significant reason for beginning that on day one was to integrate that into the DNA of the business. It's not something that we, we decide to do later. Um, it, it's truly ingrained in the culture here. And uh, my dad often says, we have the, the rare opportunity to make a living and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that make a difference piece, uh, we wanted to begin from day one. And um, I keep mentioning my grandparents, but they're such a big part of, of what we do and why we do it and the fact that we're, we're still here working to, to make a difference. But so much of it was inspired by them. And, um, uh, well, we hope, they'd be, we hope they'd be proud of these commitments and, and uh, we try and honor their, their legacy and what we do here today. And, you know, Grant, we talked a little bit about, especially early on, about the community in Blythe and uh, some of the innovative things happening there. This is the second time that we've talked about an innovative organization in the small town of Blythe on this podcast. Is there something about Blythe, in your view, that really nurtures innovation in, in business and community organizations? Yeah, I think so. I think the uh, certainly credit goes to the Blythe Festival. Uh, we know that many small towns across Ontario are at a crossroads. My dad often says that young people are our are, are biggest export. Uh, mm-hmm. They grow up, go off to school, find a job in a city and don't return home. And uh, it means that a lot of small towns are dying. They're finding uh, having a hard time finding ways to stay relevant. And for Blythe, uh, the Blythe Festival has been that that constant, and uh, it's a, a big boost to the community to have the influx of tourists in the summer, and certainly the people working at the Blythe Festival bring another level of, um, of engagement in the community and some intellectual curiosity into the village each summer when they, when they arrive. Um, so the Blythe Festival has been a, a backbone of the, the culture scene in Blythe, which has really helped it maintain through these tough times. And now in the last few years, a lot of it revolves around uh, local business owners who continue to innovate and value working together. Uh, I know it's one of our priorities here is to, to support as many other local businesses as possible and spend our money as close to home 
as possible. Um, I mentioned our, our commitment to source over 75% of our food for our restaurant in our own county, and we've extended that to other, other opportunities as well. So in our on-site retail store, we work with a lot of other local producers to feature their products. We collaborate on products together. There's a local winery that we're working on a, a beer barrel-aged wine with. Um, we have uh, a relationship with a coffee roaster nearby to produce coffee for us specifically. They've aged some of their coffee in our beer barrels. And so these, these kinds of collaborations uh, we see as vital to, uh, to working together and, and winning together. And then I think the, the final piece of that is uh, strong local champions. Peter Smith, uh, who I know you've spoken with previously, mm -hmm. people like Peter Smith who were not born and raised here but see value in small town and rural Ontario and, and Blythe specifically come in here and, and bring a whole new set of uh, experiences and perspectives and connections to our community. And uh, really it's the, the people here that see possibilities and work to make it so. And is, is Cowbell now only three years old, or is it two? We've been open just over two years. Just over two years. Wow. So you're still very young to be doing all these great things. But I have to ask you about the future. So where do you see the business, say, five years from now? And, and what kind of, when we look at these commitments, uh, what kind of an impact do you hope Cowbell will be making then for the community and, and as an environmentally aware business? Well, it's, it's tough to say that the two years, it's felt like a lot more than that. We're a pretty ambitious team and uh, we're not entirely sure where we'll be in five years, but uh, pretty excited to see, see where it goes. Um, certainly in terms of our commitment through the children's hospitals, uh, we'll be well on track to exceed $1 million in donations to the children's hospitals, which is incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be well on our way to, uh, to hosting large-scale outdoor events like concerts and festivals at our property here in town. We'll likely be employing over 250 people at that time. We'll likely be distilling. We'll have uh, built out our packaging hall for increased production. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll be exporting to other provinces and some states by that time. It sounds good. And I, I have to put, I think Blythe is up near the top of my list now of uh, rural communities I haven't been to yet that I have to make a trip to. So summertime sounds nice in Blythe. So I think uh, maybe summer of 2020, I'll get down there for a visit. That would be terrific. And, and you know, I, I like fun facts. And when I was poking along around online this morning, I did learn something interesting about you that I have to ask you about. It's not related to brewing. And that's your being named as one of Canada's top 20 under 20 when you were just 18 years old for the co-invention, as I understand it, of a non-invasive influenza vaccine. So are you a medical researcher in your spare time? <laughs> well, this was, uh, uh, this was developed as part of a program through Shad Valley, uh, which is a phenomenal summer program. And our, our team was tasked with the challenge of uh, developing a product for the aging population of Canada. And we did some basic market research and surveys and uh, found that the elderly population would be more inclined to be uh, vaccinated for influenza uh, if there were a way to do it without a needle. Mm. And uh, so we developed a, a non-invasive solution, uh, which has gone on to be patented in seven or eight jurisdictions around the world. And um, uh, well, we're looking for, a, looking for an opportunity to, to do something with that, uh, with that invention, and we'll see where it goes. 
Well, that's fascinating. And obviously, you're an innovative person in an innovative business and doing great things for Blythe. So we wish you all the best. And uh, we'll drop in and I'll, I'll be sure to look you up and say hello when I make my trek there. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And um, I look forward to hearing all about your, your adventures uh, with Cowbell Brewery and seeing when that title finally comes in, hopefully in the months ahead. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week on Rural Spark. Our team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music is by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada.